Motown Rundown, welcome back. I know we have taken one of our patented hiatuses from the Motown Rundown, but here come, we are. I've come to the realization that we should probably just not say we're going to release episodes every week, and that yeah, way people I, will be surprised, and it'll be a nice surprise when they see us, see episodes, you know? We publicize I them. No longer, I will no longer make the claim at the end of each episode that we post new episodes every week. I do. I will keep my patent and see you next time because see you next time is very open-ended. But when I say new episodes every week and then we get whatever new listeners are out there, they're probably expecting new episodes every week. And those that have been with us for a long time, know that's not always what you're getting, especially when the lions aren't in season. Like the, sometimes there's not much to talk about. Yeah. Especially since our teams suck. I don't know what you want us to say, <laughs> but we're back. We're here. It's good to see you guys. I feel like it's been a couple weeks since we talked. Um, what's going on? I know we got Michigan State basketball is not very good. It's March. Ryan Collins' favorite month of the year. It's, um, dude, it's the best month of the year. It's not even close. It's getting lighter outside, which is good for my seasonal depression. going to be 60 tomorrow. My family is playing uh, croquet and darting. So come on over to the Valley House <laughs> if you want to have some fun. My family... I mean, just everyone's family. Okay, and partying. What different, a, different what a dynamics. Combo. We just don't have that in our blood to like, my family would never, hey, let's go outside and spend time together. It's like, uh, everyone's kind of doing their own thing, like, whatever. But good for you. I'm excited. I don't know how, like, the whole weather thing these days. I mean, it's supposed, supposed to snow next week again, too. I know. Yeah. It yeah, usually turns it. right during March Madness. The first weekend is the week it usually turns. Michigan State's going to be like the 2015 team again. It's going to be a seven. Should we talk? Yeah, let's shut look. up, Trent. Should shut we up. talk about Michigan State basketball? No, I, I don't want to. It's almost like national news at this point of like what's going on. Well, look. I really don't want to talk about Michigan State basketball. They're so bad. Are they, they though? Or is it the like Trent said. Are they though? Have you watched them, Rabs? Yeah, but do they have juice? Is that one of those teams no, they've that's like bad and then they're going to have juice come, given up. come March? Give it up. Izzo's done a terrible job this year. Do you want Tom Izzo fired? No. I. He can literally <laughs> coach our team that that's 20 years and we could suck and I wouldn't really care. I do love that co- that cohort of Michigan State basketball fandom that's like, it hasn't Izzo hasn't done a good job this year. It's it might be time to move on. And then it's like every that becomes like years, real. So. I know every time that becomes like real and tangible, people like to, people backpedal because as you know, the grass isn't always greener. Juwan Howard punched a guy. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we no. did. We didn't talk about that. I don't think we, we definitely did. That it happened like two and a half weeks. No, ago. I don't think we did, dude. He punched a guy in the I face. Don't really care. At this point, I, I his have... family was probably there. Scumbag. Couldn't be my coach. <laughs> Maybe he would uh, play his best players, though. I mean, Juwan does do that. <laughs> Are we talking about – we, we need to figure out what the banter is about beforehand. We should have had this what's conversation earlier. I, what are we a, talking about? Can we – since this doesn't pertain to the Detroit sports, how about you throw out the question that your buddy tweeted into the account? Okay, okay. I will. That's how we'll start the show. So, as we always say, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to tweet us at Motown underscore rundown. This is my buddy. I'm not going to reveal his identity because this came in off of his burner. Debo Dimidome. He says, question for Trent. If you're saying that this is in this, let's back backtrack. This was after our podcast, like two weeks ago, post Super Bowl, when we were having the conversation about Stafford, we were talking about the lions. We were talking about the Bengals. 
I don't really remember all that was said, but this was off the heels of that. So Debo tweets in at Chrysler Pretzels. This is, is his username. Question for Trent. If you're saying the Bengals weren't that good because they got lucky and won six games on game-winning kicks, do you feel the same about the 2015 Spartans? So I got to phone a friend because Collins knows the ins and outs. I understand the sentiment of the question. The sentiment of the question is the Michigan State Spartans in 2015 got very lucky, won a lot of games, trouble with the snap, all that good stuff. I understand. I guess what I what my point with the Bengals was simply that it was kind of a magical run where Joe Burrow, a lot fell into place. Like a lot went right for the Bengals. Every quarterback in that division got either hurt or was Ben Roethlisberger. So that was that that was already going for you. And then the Chiefs shit all over themselves. There, like every playoff game they, they played was losable. The, the Michigan State Spartans just got to the playoff and got waxed. It wasn't like there was a – so from that standpoint, I kind of get it. But the Rams didn't wax the Bengals. So I guess, that Collins, you can draw on the comparison a little bit more. But my whole point in saying that was just that I thought that was the Bengals' year of destiny. I will – what's it called? First of all, I get where the question's coming from because if the notable, notable U of M slappy Debo Dimadome too. Well, let's, Debo Dimadome brings up a, a, a not a. I mean, he didn't talk about the 2015 team. Whatever. I don't. I, I'll, I'll get into that because what's it called? There was a lot of other things that happened on that team that weren't lucky. Debo Dimadome. But first, I'll touch on Dimadome, the owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. Yeah. What's it called? It's crazy. Your guys' take on Burrow. Two weeks ago, it was insane then. It's still insane now that the whole thing is like, oh, he, he made one Super Bowl. Now you got a Trump. Yes. Yes. It's a big deal. <laughs> like, you, 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 results matter. I'm always in the, like, the camp of results matter, regardless of how it happens. And if you make it to the Super Bowl, like, unless he had like a generational defense, which he didn't, and I understand Burrow wasn't lighting the world on fire, but like his presence. Is the reason why the Bengals made the Super Bowl? Point blank. Not no. So I, I get what they got know, very I, lucky. That's... They got very lucky with a Collins. Okay, so we're gonna, I, I guess four game. They won three games to the Super Bowl trap. I know, but F, Collins, you remember all how all these games went. The the yeah, I do. They we were got, better we got, than the Raiders. I got Derek Carr. I got touchdown. I got Derek Carr spiking the ball on first and goal of thirty seconds. Like, dude, run a play. They won though. Who cares? And it's then, not their no, fault then I got they're better than other teams. That's lucky though. That's lucky. I got. I got. Then, then Ryan Tannehill throwing interception. If the same argument is that then does whatever Dimino guy shout out great episode. I what was it the Flubber Nuggets? I don't know. Of uh, Timmy Turner, yeah, I had that. I had that on like one of those Game Boy, like TV show things that they used to have. I had that episode. Um, but Trent, if that's your argument, then he like dim it out. It makes a good point because it's a very similar thing. No, I acknowledge that. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a similar then, thing. And then, if that's your line of thinking, by the way, to address what he dim it out saying, because I, I know this is probably coming from a condescending like. That was a fluke that year in 2015. Yeah. 2015, Michigan State, on paper, probably the best team D'Antonio had to start the year. They lose at Davis, a, 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 a superior edge rusher on their team preseason. R.J. Williamson, their best safety, gets hurt midway through the season. Their O-line's a mash unit the entire year. They lost at the last year that year was an awful call. And the one that the one thing that went Michigan State's way was the trouble with the snap in a game they outplayed Michigan. 
Yes. And if Dave Warner wasn't a moron and decides to throw the ball on second and two, Michigan State's going to win that game in regulation. I'm sorry, Dimito. I Point blank. You want to, like, tell me, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a fluke, kind of, that he, you guys weren't able to finish a game. Yeah, you know what sorry. else is a fluke? You know what else is a fluke? Beating, beating Ohio State once in two decades. That's probably a fluke, I would say. So, <laughs> yeah, you, could, you, could, you could probably say that this oh, year's no. Michigan playoff team was a fluke. Got manhandled. They got manhandled by the SEC. It is what it is. It wasn't. Oh, I'm not – I'm not – getting on that point but no i, I am i am i want all the smoke with that point if we want to talk well, about well, I, let's talk what i get what he's saying because that michigan state team what was like by the edge of their teeth the entire year they almost lost at Rutgers before they even played that michigan game and stuff like that i don't know i just the connotation like that obviously i think that was the worst team out of the three-year run that connor cook had like, I think the Rose Bowl team is point blank the best Michigan State team ever. Like, that team, best defense, I think, in the last 15 years in the Big Ten. Since probably the 97 Michigan national title team, that's probably the best defense Big Ten's had. Maybe the Ohio State one, but even the way Ohio State played, they weren't really the same as that. But I don't know. I just hate the connotations like that 2015. There was a lot of bad breaks they had going through the season. Yeah, they had a sweet trouble with the snap, whatever. I don't know. I get what Dimino is saying, though. I hate the Bengals point, too, by John. I despise it. I d- it doesn't make any sense to me. Rabs, Rabs was on this take, too. I just didn't get it. Dude, okay, what? I think we were coming yeah, out. I say? Like, I'm sick of Joe Burrow. I'm like, he no, deserves people, his credit. People were just stroking him, and it just seemed a little premature. A little. That, and that, no, dude. He my... Stafford for, tw- like, 15 years. The guy didn't win a playoff. Okay, we're, fan okay, of the, we're fans okay. of the team. I mean, like, that's Yeah, we're do. fans of the team, one. But also, Matthew Stafford did not get a lot of respect for a very long time. The way I agree. I agree. Hurt. But Burrow deserves the respect. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I, I am very impressed with the fact that he was able to get the Cincinnati Bengals to the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't I don't have any disdain for Joe Burrow. My whole point was that you will go on social media the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, and it's the Joe Burr or oh god, the coolest man on the planet. It's like pump the brakes. The guy's I, been fine, in the league that's for a year fine, and a half. Don't don't give me that the argument was basically like discrediting the fact that he made a Super Bowl in year two at, off a torn ACL and going two and 14 the year before. Like that's okay. Yeah, so do you, do you think they're going to win their division next year? Cause I don't should. No, I, I, they, they're in a tough division. I also, I probably would put money in the Bengals in one division over anyone else. Like Lamar's yeah. not proven. He's able to do it in the playoffs yet. Bur- yeah, Burrow's but, proven no. that. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. I, we don't need to get into, I we can end this and get into the Detroit sports, but yeah, yeah. I get where Dimino is coming from with that tape. I but do also, too. Dimino, I I do respect too. on that 2015 team. Yes. Okay, <laughs> we can move on. All right, we're off the football for now. We will. Should we come back? Is there any other football we have to talk about? What's Let's it called? Should we now. talk about the combine? Yeah, why not? Let's talk about the combine. Try, we'll do you have any takes? I know you got the Lions hat on. I right have now. no pulse on the combine, zero. I just know that Brad Holmes is going to go like eight for eight in this draft. I also know that uh, <laughs> apparently the Lions are going to re-sign Tracy Walker. So that's a good – I think that's a good move. And uh, that that's – I, I don't know. I've been kind of lazy on the combine this year, honestly. I well, what's it called? I, I think – we haven't talked about the Lions in a while, and I think it's now it's kind of good time to kind of mention the draft stuff. Okay. And I 
I have my opinion on stuff, and we kind of went over this with the Puda. There's kind of been this little thing where it's like the Lions wanted to take Kyle Hamilton. They really need a safety and stuff like that. Like he's a generational safety. He's going to test off the charts or stuff like that. And the other arguments like Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau are going to be there at two because it looks like Jacksonville is going to take an alignment. So Mm -hmm. what would you guys prefer? Do you want Hamilton or do you want Hutchinson or Thibodeau? Of the three of those guys, I want Hamilton, and I well, I, I not even he wants, Trent three. wants Hamilton because he doesn't want Hutchinson. That that that's Ooh. not true. I was on the record after that Ohio State game saying that's the guy we need to pick. That guy, I swear. Then I watched. You did him. say that. Then, you did. Trent said that. Then I watched him play Georgia, and I watched him do nothing. I also watched him do like nothing against Michigan State. So I do think there's a there, well, there's got, do. He calls like five moving calls in a Michigan State game. Okay, but my and there was also the no sack. That was a sack. I get it. But my thing is just like there to me the Aiden Hutchinson hype is just some of it is blue and maize and blue and all this. I think there's 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 an element to he went out and played his ass off the game of his life against Ohio State as the senior leader on a team of that. Like there's an element to that. Penn State too. He had an awesome Penn State game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But I, I just don't think. I, I mean, given the fact that he didn't do much against Michigan State, when I got to actually watch him for a full, like you know, sixty minutes, like actually locked in, and then, I mean, I don't think he he didn't do anything against Georgia. And if anything, I think he, he was getting doubled that whole game. Well, yes, but he's the good edge rushers get doubled in the NFL. So I just no, don't think, no, I get it. I don't it. think I he's going to be a great so, pro. I will say though, Collins, before you go any further. I just – this draft class is objectively not very good. I think that's kind of where we're at. Like, it, at least it's not top-heavy. It might be – I you hear it's deep at certain positions. Like, it's deep at edge rusher. It's deep at receiver. But there's no – there's not a whole lot of top talent. So, that's why of the three guys, I would take Hamilton because I can't watch Will Harris play another snap of football. And then, ultimately, though, I want the Lions to trade down. I just don't know if anyone's going to come up and get the pick. So, that's all. So why I, I Trent, you laid out your point there that you just I, you can't see Will Harris play more for the Lions, and I completely understand that. And as much as this pains me to say, I think they need to take an adequate rusher, and they're probably going to take Hutchinson. It, for the best of the Lions, like you look how teams are built. Yeah, other than like a few like exceptions, I think I don't know when Earl Thomas was picked, but he was picked pretty high for Seattle, but with like some exception, like you just don't take second guys that early. Like you get rushers that early. It's a safer play. So I would take Thibodeau or Hutchinson. Will I be upset if they pick Hutchinson? No, I I do want to make that clear. It's just like of the three guys, if it was my call, I'd pick Hamilton because now, especially that, you know, that you're bringing Walker back or supposedly if those are your two safeties, like, I think you're good there. You're good for the foreseeable future. Grabs. Well, I mean, we're kind of back to that situation that we were, I don't know, somewhere I guess we're afraid to be in, but others like myself were kind of excited. Well, no, I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm completely talking myself backwards out of what I wanted to say. I'm going to restart the entire thing that I was just saying. You're in a situation now that we had kind of feared, I think, all three of us on this podcast when talking about having the option to pick between the two edge rushers and potentially getting it wrong. 
which is sad that anytime we talk about the Lions, you have to be glass half empty because you just have that innate feeling that whoever they take is going to be worse than the guy that goes after him. So I do think, Collins, I agree. I think that Evan Neal is going number one overall. I don't know. I mean, from seeing this guy, like just like his body composition and from the highlight tape that you get to watch of this guy, and obviously when Alabama plays always so deep into the season, guys like that that you hear those rumblings of a playing number one overall, you get to see – you get to see him on a national stage and Evan Neal to me seems like a really safe and, and uh, uh, what do I want to say? It's a safe pick and almost a necessary pick. If you're building around Trevor Lawrence and we've seen, you know, Joe Burrow is a perfect example of a guy that needs an offensive line. You see what happens when you don't invest in the offensive line. I know the Bengals are going to address that in the off season this year, but the Jags should be taking Evan Neal number one overall. So now you're at number two and you're going to have your choice and you don't have the option of letting Jacksonville taking one of these two edge rushers and you just get whoever's left. I am not going to sit here and pretend that I watch Kayvon Thibodeau play at Oregon a ton. I obviously got to watch a ton of Aiden Hutchinson because he plays in the Big Ten. So as far as comparing those two guys, I don't want to – and maybe that's you know bad on me for a guy that hosts a podcast and hasn't watched enough tape on one of these kids from Oregon that the Lions might take. So if I got to watch more tape on him, I will for the for the sake of this podcast. However, I will say this is where it now comes down to Brad Holmes, and you got to hope that everything you hear about this guy, you know, he's really good at, at scouting college talent. He's 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 had success in the draft. Okay. Well, you're sitting at two with the option to take two really good edge rushers, at least really good in terms of how they're playing in college. So, so right, I guess, and Kyle Hamilton. But I agree with Collins from the standpoint of when you have two premier edge rushers that are at the top of the draft, no one, I don't think, and no one has these guys falling below three. Like it's no, Thibodeau is falling. Oh, he has fallen. And I also do want to say, Hutchinson is. Kind of separated himself a little bit. I do want – I would rather pick Hutchinson than Thibodeau. I will say that. I just okay, – I don't – that's fine. Yeah. Then take Aiden Hutchinson at two. That's where I look at Brad Holmes and I'm like, you – this is your job. You scout talent all year long. So, I just think that that position to fill that need is is critical. And the Lions – haven't had it and they've tried the mic the brockers and the in the tray flowers and nothing has worked so i no one blames you if you take aiden hutchinson at two kyle hamilton collins i gotta tell you i app i love the kid i don't know what game i watched notre dame play this year where he made some silly interception where he came flying out of the like florida state i don't even yeah i don't even know where he was on the screen it's just like he plays the game with such an intensity that I think he's a legitimate like playmaker on defense. And that's what this whole Brad Holmes thing has been about finding playmakers, playmakers, playmakers. Kyle Hamilton to me is that guy. So again, if you take Kyle Hamilton, awesome. I would love to have Kyle Hamilton, but Collins, I agree with you. Not that cornerback and safety are, are anywhere close to the same position from the standpoint of, as you say, you don't necessarily want to address that secondary need too high. We see that with Jeff Okuda probably wasn't a great pick, at least for what we've seen so far. Like, I think that's that's something when you have a, when you have maybe and you're in the, I don't know, middle to beginning half of the of the first round, that's kind of where guys go. But either way, I would love to have Kyle Hamilton on this team. You just have to be smart about playing the game of if you think that you can get Kyle Hamilton later, I got to tell you, it's not going to be much later than two. 
So if you want to move back to no, three or four, just like just like two. just take them. Yeah, just so just take them. I mean, and and I'm fine with either guy. If you're telling me the Thibodeau is slipping, and so well, you take it, make a choice though. What make was a your choice. Wow, it, it sounds like your choice would be Hutchinson because you said my he, choice. My choice would be Hutchinson. Fill the need. Okay. It's it's it, it, it's he, not a need though. It's like a necessity that you need in NFL as yeah, a pass rusher. Yes, it's not a need, but it's a necessity. Yeah, it's a need <laughs> and a necessity. Yes, Fuck. I agree with you. Fuck. But you're saying no. But you're saying it more in the. I think by that comment, which is very smart of you to say, because I'm saying need, and I think you hear that and think like, oh. The Lions themselves need an yes. edge rusher. The like the Lions need it because it's the missing piece. Where it's like, no, you're saying it is a foundational necessity. You can't win games without a good. Can't edge win rusher. without it. Yeah. Any team. So, yeah. and that's where I, I, you know, I would just hope Aiden Hutchinson. What a shame it would be if he just didn't pan out. If he ended up becoming a Lion, but I think there's so many factors that that make make it make sense um, for for Hutchinson to be a lion. And I just, I don't know. It, it could be one of those things that, you know, Brad Holmes sees something that, that we don't. And if you're telling me that all these scouts and everyone that's got eyes on Kayvon Thibodeau are, are telling, you're saying that he's slipping his draft stock slipping. Sure. I believe it. And from that standpoint, I don't think that he would surprise anyone and in, in outperform Aiden Hutchinson. I, I would be shocked if that's the case. If you're telling me already his stock is not as high as where it was before we were having this conversation. So um, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, sure. And I, I don't really bat an eye. Like he's, he had a really good college career. I, I like his makeup. I, like not makeup as in the shitty wears on his face, but makeup as far like his. You know, I think he's got a great size. I think he's got a great skill set. I like his attitude. I like his motor. So great, bring him over here. I can, I can watch, I can watch five thousand Lions fans wear uh, Michigan jerseys to every single game. Dude, that's, that's how it's going to be. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's going to be better than when they used to, all those Michigan fans used to just become Patriots fans for no reason. I was right, like, guys. I know, yeah. Oh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, so cool, that's it. I get it. But like, why? I wouldn't. But, uh, uh, I do. I like Kyle Hamilton a lot, man. I, I, I think safeties like that to play aggressive, they play fast, they run downhill. Like, it just, they're awesome to watch. But Tracy Walker's a no brainer to resign to me. I mean, I think he's only, you've only seen, uh, him get better and better as time's gone. Will Harris obviously stinks. And now that he's no longer a mutual friend of the pod, we can say that, but yeah, well, it's time for all these Patricia guys to get the hell out respectfully. Will Harris is one of them. Trey, Trey flowers, another one of them. Uh, Are they the only two left from that? They cut. No, there's a couple. They save a bunch of money if they cut flowers. How the pool of Valley high, the Vitae. He's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big V. Uh, no, I, I just meant on defense. Like the, 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 the is flowers. If they cut them, they save a bunch of money this year, right? Yeah, I think it's like sixteen million or something like that. I would assume well, they cut him. Um, they're just so what? old. They're fucking so old. The Lions, like Jesus. I know, on defense. Give me, give me a, they really are. Come on, um, give me some young, fast. Get fast, fast. Yeah. Speed kills. Derek Barnes. Sure. The combine, by the way, like I, I don't give a shit about the combine. I used to, the combine's great to where like you get off work on a Friday and you come home and you're kind of tired and you want to take that nap between the end of work and dinner. 
So you flip the combine on, you watch four guys run the 40, and then you're just falling asleep the rest of the time, and you wake up and, like, the kickers are bench pressing. Like, that's what the combine does for me. I don't care at all. Well, I they've kind of, like, oversaturated the combine. It used to be better. And I, this could just be, like, an old, like, take or nostalgia take. I just feel like everyone talks about the draft year-round. So it just has oversaturated like the combine where that used to be like a month and two months after the season. It's like, okay, now that it's dialed into the NFL draft. Yeah, I just I mean? want the draft. That's it. Just give me to the draft. Yeah. I don't care. What's it called? Why well, I say it? the fact that Hot I, like I don't know Dame Prep, Hutchinson doing the divine child just blows my mind. And, and it Ravs, I know what's it called? He, do you know Divine Child? Well, like what about yeah? I'm, yeah, I'm they're not that good at sports. That's they're what not. It's, and they're not. And like they, there's that weird like advertisement of like, oh, divine child, we're a private school. They've never been really good at anything. They don't win anything in any sport, to my knowledge. Do they? I, ju- I just that is a red flag in my book. Like so he, he went to DC. Yeah, like no I, like you but... can do it. In, I like you can go to Michigan, and I'm gonna dislike you. Like it just it, that's just how it is. But if you go to Lions and you're successful, I'll root for you. I'm not gonna buy a jersey. I'm not gonna be like. The biggest, you're not going to be my favorite player because you went to Michigan, obviously. But the fact that he went to Divine Child is like, I don't, it, it just like doesn't compute in my brain that this guy can be like an elite athlete. And he probably is. And I'm probably wrong just looking into it. But as someone who like knows Divine Child, it's just odd. It's like, you know what? Lions second pick in the draft from Divine Child. Scumbags. I'm on your I side. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I thought you had disdain for Divine Child. Hamilton I mean, at I two. Hamilton at two. Hamilton at two. Oh, I don't so want you're on Hamilton. Hamilton now. I was on Hamilton the whole time. Is no, that what you, you said? You just confuse your point, Trent. Then what just not, happened, Trent? You, you actually said didn't take Hutchinson, and then you just like. No, that, I said what? I would take I would take Hutchinson over Thibodeau, but I want of the oh. three guys I want. Oh, I want. okay, okay. Uh, so, all right. Well, Trent, I just if they I just know if they take Kyle Hamilton at two, he's just not like. There's no way he's going to be good, and it's going to be the Lions like another guy that plays in the secondary. That's what I feel really about early. Hutchinson, though, kind of. Yeah, Rabs. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel too, Colin. Trent. My beef is not with you. Yes, it is. I, Clearly, it, it is. I just, I, for some reason, I feel like if Hutchinson just went somewhere else, he'd just be way more successful. But, oh, I, I mean, I would take him. I think he's clearly better than Thibodeau. So, whatever. Okay. Well, cool. Look, guys, the draft is a little bit of ways away here still. It's in the end of April, right? Yeah. In April, the draft. Yep. So, we'll, we'll get to it, but it's happening. There's buzz. Great. Combine. Awesome. The, I know there's a couple Spartans that are, uh, getting their workouts into whatever. Um, either way, all right. Let's move into some not so great stuff. Let's talk baseball. Spring is sprung. It's getting warmer. I, you know, my my brother's out there for his senior year. Boys are getting ready. The Novi boys should have a good squad this year. Um, but nonetheless, uh, baseball season looks like it is. If it's going to happen, it's not going to happen on time. Uh, obviously, there's a lockout the whole CBA negotiations and whatnot. I got to be honest with you guys. This shit is so hard to follow. Like, I don't yeah, know. I, I, the, I, I am sitting back and listening it's to you guys. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who's the blame. I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't understand why they're not playing. I don't know who wants what. I don't get it. So Collins, 
if you wanna if you wanna give us the the inside baseball breakdown of what's going on, all I know is this is the only thing I'll open with. I know these things happen. I understand that baseball is a business at the at the professional level, and there's a lot of things that are being discussed that are going to set the game up for the next X amount of years until this CBA expires. And I get that these conversations are important to have and to not rush into things. I would just like to go on the record and saying, I think Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner out of any of the professional sports. Easily. I don't care what anyone says. I don't think that he has a clue how to, how to even communicate with the younger demographic to advance the game. I think all the changes they've made to baseball have been so wrong just in the sense of like, Oh, we're going to do this and this is going to make the game more watchable or, or it's going to be more appealing to the younger demographic. They do nothing to promote their players. They do nothing to promote the sport. It's, it's truly embarrassing. And as a guy that loves baseball, it's getting to that time of year where it's like, okay, I, I'll tell you guys, you know, I'm going to Vegas at the end of April. I wanted to have money on the board for baseball. I wanted to watch baseball. I wanted to throw some money on the games and I can sit there with my beer and watch a nine inning baseball game. Those are the things that make me happy in life. I'm a sports guy. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball purist. And the fact that at this point right now, we're not having a baseball season. It's really getting to me like pitchers and catchers and the spring training is supposed to be going on right now. Like baseball is fundamental to the country. There's a lot of shit going on. Countries are at war, COVID, TikTok, everything's going on. The only thing we have, the only constant we have in life is baseball. And everything, every, someone's fucking it all up. Who's, who's fucking it up, Collins? Tell so me. when they made the CBA basically in 2016, it's basically the owners kind of – the. Uh, I don't want to get into like bogged down into like super details about. So basically, like the owners want, uh, they're not going to get a salary cap and they're not going to get players to arbitration quicker. Not the owners. I mean, the players aren't going to get the arbitration quicker because that's going to be a huge argument. But basically, like the game's grown, revenue is up, and contracts have gone down, which is this recipe for a lockout. And the thing about it, it's not even that the players have struck, like are on strike. This is an owner's lockout. So the owners are comfortable with missing the first 25 games of the season because none of their TV money really kicks in until the second month of the year because most regional sports networks only pay for 125, 140 games. So when you look at this, whose fault it is, it's the players obviously can't continue to go on like this if they're trying to like create a future for them to like still earn at the way they used to or progress their earning potential. So it made sense for the players to stand on this Hill. And I, I believe it's called CBT, which is a luxury tax. I think that what it's what it's called. I, I, I don't know how to start. They're like 60 million off. And the reason why they're so far off is because, like the players want that higher because that ensures them that they're going to get paid on the lower end. And, and, and they want teams to be more competitive too. Like a lot of the things that they're trying to build in is so teams have to spend a minimum amount of money. They don't want a Tampa Bay Rays who are spending 50 million on payroll. You know what I mean? Like they want to, they want, like, I think that's what I could be incorrect. And like, and, and there's this not incentive to spend money in the CBA. And in 2016, the players got worked. 
and, and all these rules that allows these owners basically to be a profitable organization just based on TV money and not that their team has to be successful is the reason why they're in this situation. So I, the reason there's a lockout, like I, I understand they, these things need to happen and they need to come to agreement to move the game forward in the future. The reason there's a lockout is the owners. They were unwilling to negotiate for about six months. And if you look at their offers, like I, they just want as much control as they want, and they don't want this to ever get to a situation where they're losing money. It's the owner's fault. Um, and people could argue, why did the players agree to that deal in 2016? I don't know, man. But at this point in like time, there's this deal's going to get done after a month of no baseball, which is annoying because we could just fast forward to that right now, and they're not going to do that because the owners feel like they have – they have the upper hand because a lot of these younger guys, not like the Matt Scherzers, not these other older guys, a lot of these younger guys like Akil Badu need that money. Not, like, you know what I mean? Like, they, these guys are not made men yet. These are like their most potential earning years. And I think a lot of the smaller and younger players will understand that after a month of baseball. And they're like, you know what? We'll compromise and we'll take a worse deal. And that's how the owners feel. And as fucked up as that is, and as probably wrong as that is, they're probably going to get their way. So it's the owner's fault, Rabs. Well, money talks. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And what's it called? Shout out to Chris Illich for being a cheap fuck. Well, Bro, hey. hey. <laughs> I can't comment on that. Conflict of interest. I'm just hey. saying, like, he was I... one of the three that was not willing to, like, increase I, I CBT by, like, anything. The guy I tried to do my part this week. I think I had four hot and ready pizzas this week. I tried to do my part. Didn't work out. Uh, I mean, they're 55 now. You can't fucking yeah. fork over a little bit of money so I can put, watch baseball on time, Chris. Yeah, they are. They are 555 now. They're no longer $5 pizzas. We got we to gotta get a bargain shortstop because you don't want to go out there and pay tri- Carlos Correa. Yeah. Well, you know, We've, everyone pays for this district Detroit, and you're not literally putting up anything around LCA. Thanks, Chris Illich. Sell yeah, the Collins. team if you're not going to spend. Yeah, I'm Collins, over it. Collins, you're kind of right in that the writing has been on the wall for a while, and it sounds like a separate issue. But it's just own the Red because, Wings. Yeah, <laughs> just own the Red Wings and sell the Tigers because you obviously don't want to run a baseball team. I like this Ryan Collins we're seeing. This is this is raw it just emotion. Pisses me off. The Tigers. The fact that they're in, like, the conversation, I think it was, like, the Angels, the A's, and the Tigers. And the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like, some really but shitty some, organizations. that have had zero success in the last, like, 25 years that don't necessarily have a great fan base. The Tigers, arguably, I think, other than the Lions, probably have the best fan base in the city. It's I, I think it's the most loyal group of fans. You can, de- like, I think the wins, it's, like, a smaller group. It's very loyal. The wins is just, I think it's a, a good way to put it. Yeah. Per capita, per capita, the Tigers. I, yeah. No, I'm saying like, and for them to be like in and say, oh, this cheap franchise. I'll tell you one thing. His dad didn't do that ever. They were like, I, it's just bullshit. I'm over yeah. it. Spend, if you don't want to spend money, it's fine. Just sell the team. Give us baseball. That is all. 
Yeah, it's just it's just amazing. Like again, I I've through all of this, I've never I always side on this like on the side of players when it comes to any of this stuff because they're the ones putting the their bodies on the line and they're the ones that are essentially making you money. Like without the players, you're not making any money off of your baseball team. So, I mean, it it is it is frustrating because it's like there's nothing that we can do about it. But it just it doesn't seem like the leadership is there from uh, you know on Manfred side of things. Who's the who's the uh, in charge of the MLBPA? It's like Tony Perez, but I think the main players is like Scherzer's in there. I think Flaherty from the Cardinals, Zach Britton, uh, Lindor was in a lot of meetings. So there's a pretty uh, good amount of heavy hitter players, but yeah, I always like I said, I always side with the players. They they're just fine with missing games, and the players. I'm not saying the players are fine with missing games, but they didn't start negotiating until 10 days ago. Yeah. The players I, are not like soft as baby shit and they're just in a cave because they're going to miss games. They knew this was going to happen. And I don't know. Manfred's an idiot. And so are the owners. It's not all Manfred's fault. It's all the owners. Right. And that's, that's the frustrating component of like, you know, the reality of the situation is, that these the owners as long as they're getting their paycheck and their you know their net worth is going up like this is like the the sad reality of sports like these they don't give a fuck most of the owners they don't care like all these owners are have so many different streams of revenue and whatnot that these a lot of these teams that they own are just like for the fun of it like, oh it'd be fun to own a baseball team you know i can you know go to the games and sit in the suites and you know eat my all-inclusive food and whatnot and it's just it's a shame because it's like that's, nothing's going to change the way they operate they have the prerogative to do this because it's their money it's their building so you know i they're going to try to make this as, as best as they can for themselves i know it's not the case for every owner and as much as you'd like to believe that the chris illiches of the world have the best interest of the fans and the team in mind they don't they don't they're making they're trying to make money like it just is what it is it's what's frustrating I- I just the whole thing with Illich is if you're if they're cash strapped or whatever, like which I don't that obviously aren't. Well, they just but, bought another casino in like New Jersey or something as opposed to doing anything in the district of Detroit. So Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like, if you're not gonna like first of all, I think that's priority number one. Forget anything about the Tigers. The fact that they haven't done anything like the shops and all that they said they were gonna do in the district of Detroit after they had taxpayers' money to build that stadium is a joke, but, um, but that's what most owners do. It just seems like he doesn't want to know. They don't want to own two teams anymore, which is fine. You got LCA. You made that. That's your crown jewel. Just own the Red Wings and, and sell the Tigers to one of these billionaires, mortgage companies. Cause I bet Gilbert would buy it. And I bet Ishbia would buy it. So I don't hate it, Collins. I don't hate it, but it just doesn't like they are just not invested at all. And I feel I feel like in the Tigers. Am I crazy? I feel like you've been hearing murmurs about this. No, I mean the thing, the thing for me, Collins, like and, and again, I have to be very careful about the way I speak on this kind of stuff. I know you are an Olympia employee or Illich Holdings employee. <laughs> um but I there there is that feel, and I think that the telltale sign was the whole shortstop situation where it like came out. We have no interest in spending Carlos Correa money on Carlos Correa. So it's like, okay, so they're clearly not like, who are they going to open the checkbook for? I get Javi Baez is still a good 
a good player. Yeah. Obviously, he costs you he costs you a nice chunk of change, but it's like th- this payroll is not going to get anywhere near where it was when Mike Gillich had a hold of this team, which is again, you don't necessarily have to win by spending all that money because there's teams that have done it that have with with less. But I mean, for like you, you got to be able to compete, and if 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 the money is such an issue, then yeah, Collins, like I I I hear you, man. I mean, there's that element of like. Tigers should not be a poverty franchise in major league baseball, right? This is, this is not a team. This is the the Tigers direction should not be pinching pennies. Let's do it. Like the Tampa Bay race. Have they ever been opening day? It's insane. It's nuts. I just, I, it, it, they had to, this is a mediocre baseball town and it's not, it's just bullshit. I hate it. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for baseball because when, once it gets in the spring, I mean, that's the missing piece that I'm that I'm craving is watching some Tigers baseball. So we'll after see. After the Masters and there's no baseball at that point of the year, I'm going to be furious. So, oh, I hear you. All right, let's. Uh, I guess we can touch all the teams today. Um, I'll give a quick wings update at the end. I know we're still um, a couple weeks away from the trade deadline. I kind of gave you my spiel last episode, and not much has changed. But let's go. Uh, let's do some Pistons. I know they've been what 500 since the All Star break or something. They're looking a little bit better, Trent. They've won the last. I think they've won three out of five. Yes, and their last 10, they are 4-6. and six. They've had a couple stretches like that this season. But, uh, Collins, you alluded to it a little bit. I think this is the most watchable the Pistons have been all year. And I think a lot of it has to do with Cade Cunningham has finally asserted his will, and he has become a top 30, 40 player in the league. I truly believe that already, which is a pretty incredible thing to say, given the fact there's only 30 teams, like, you know, whatever. So, that's awesome. Marvin Bagley has fit in pretty seamless. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's had like 16-point games and stuff since joining the Pistons. Uh, I, I just my, – my one big talking point that I wanted to discuss was Killian Hayes. Collins, I am with you now. I am officially – I am out on Killian Hayes. I think you really missed on that pick, and I think his ceiling is now like a seventh-man backup point guard. That is his ceiling which is essentially I agree. right now. And that and the thing that upsets me with the people that are like, hey, Hayes is – are you watching Tyrese Halliburton? He was there, and we didn't pick him. And guess what? I wanted us to take Killian Hayes. I was wrong too. But for the people – like, I, I got love. I love Pistons fans because I think they're the most funny people out of all the Detroit fans and weirdly loyal out of the most it's the smallest fan base out of the four for sure but it's just it's a very funny group of people the Killian Hayes like you you just don't watch them then if you're gonna try and tell me that this guy can be more than a sixth or seventh man on like a mediocre team not on a championship team like his ceiling is guard stopper who is able to hit a hit a step up three or an he can't even run the all. I just no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm know, with I, you, Collins. Like he just he's not in control at all. He has no offense whatsoever. I, he has zero handle for a guy I thought coming out was that was kind of his bread and butter out of the pick and roll. Yeah, he's compared to D'Angelo Russell, who had a who has a ball in the strength. I don't love D'Angelo Russell's game, but on the offensive side of the ball, I expected a lot more out of Killian Hayes. Um, I the thing about it, Trent, is it's going to be interesting. Because I we kind of saw this with Seiko, how they if he's just kind of gone or they, they ship him off. Um 
This is a major draft pick because I they're gonna have a top four pick this year. Yeah, it looks yeah. like that. And the reason, by the way, the people for the the Pistons were like sneaky, very injured the first half of the year. Yes, they and were. Like they they haven't like they're not the best team in the world, but like when they're fully healthy, you're like, oh, they're competent. Like when Olenek's out there, Grant's out there, and. Bay's been Sadiq, so much better. Sadiq Bay has finally. I I, I think Bay's good. Like you want to talk about like a piece. You want to talk about how the team was injured at the beginning of the year? Like how about Sadiq Bay just being in a slump? Like he he has yeah, he been amazing anything. the last two months. Like just incredible. And that was another point I wanted to talk about was him and Killian or not Killian? Excuse me. Wow, Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham down the stretch of games are fearless. Like they, I love watching them play. Like that Charlotte like he hit game. That Sean Charlotte. Yeah, no, it, 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 they just – they got – they have no fear, and they, they, they just – between the two of them, they got a, a huge set of balls. And it is, it is so fun to watch down the stretch. Like, the, they just take it. We haven't seen a guy like that in so long, right? Like, we have the Reggie Jackson years where just, yeah, look what I can do. I'm going to try to do something here. I'm going to throw up a really bad fadeaway three, even though, yeah, I, I don't really know what other shot we've Kind of made those, though, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, he was – Reggie was I, a good clutch player. I, Reggie Jackson's like good in the NBA again because he's healthy, and that was always my take. But okay, um, try. I completely agree with you. They are just, I think, in the NBA when you talk about young like star players and like are they going to get better? I think Sadiq Bay and Kate Cunningham both have that little thing where it's like, I we they really care, they really really care about the team and stuff. And like you see Sadiq Bay hit that game winner in Charlotte. And he's basically telling a guy on the bench to sit his ass down. Like, well, well, it was that was the one to send it to OT, right? Because yeah, not the one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He gets yes, a big yes. shot at the end of the game. Yes. Tells the fan to like park your ass down and whatever. And yep. so I, he's picked off where he left off last year, and it was a disappointing start to the year. But with K kind of just finding his footing, I, that, maybe that wasn't as surprising as we all thought it should have been. But um. I'm not going to, like, be super bullish. This team's, like, very far away. And point blank, this is a major, major draft pick for this organization. Because Cade Cunningham, as good as I think he's going to be, is going to be able to win you at least 30 games. And I think you're not going to be in this lottery range or top of the lottery Yep. For that yep. much longer. This is, I think this, this is year last... is the last time you're going to have an opportunity to get a true, 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 like, blue chip guy on, in the draft at least. And you can find gems, and there's all these other stories. I'm not saying that, like, not just because it's a top five pick, you can't be a superstar, but, like, I I genuinely believe that this team is going to be better just on the fact that I think Sadiq Bank and Kate Cunningham mostly are just really good and that they're going to be better, and they're not going to have an opportunity to get a top, like, top-tier talent. So, yeah. however they – wherever they fall, I they get one, two, three, or four. This is a massive pick. It's just point-blank is. So, you got to find someone that is going to fit with Cade because he's the future and is going to be a productive player, and not just a productive player, a player that can possibly make an all-star team. Yeah, Collins, that's a good call because they, as you mentioned, I mean, this is probably the last top Pistons pick unless there's some Cavaliers magic over the next. They could, I could see them being in the lottery next year, but not at the top 
off yeah. the lottery. Well, yeah, and, they, and let's be honest, like they they very well could be back in the lottery, to your point. But it's like, yeah, they're not going to be in the top three and, and have odds. Now, the one thing to that point that I want to mention is, you know, this is good or bad news depending on what kind of fan you are. The Pistons right now at 16 and 47, they've got, I believe, what is that, 19 games left on the schedule. I think they might be close to 500 the rest of the way. If they're healthy like this, like, and because I'm just looking at the schedule right They'll now. They'll tank, I mean, though, Trent. No, tank. They probably will, but okay, they've got the Pacers tonight as we record. It's like that. that's a winnable game. The Hawks are winnable. The, the, the Magic is a winnable game. The Cavaliers, I am not high on at all. The Wizards, the Knicks, there's there's wins left on the schedule. The Thunder, it's so I just look at it like they might start winning some games, and I just think it's depending on what kind of fan you are. Like I think the winning the winning matters a little bit. Like when they're able to go out, and I do too. Defenders. I do so, too. So, but Collins, you're exactly right. You kind of got to toe that line. You got that's the game you play because I do think the Pistons need to have a top three pick this summer. So. That's that. I, uh, the Pistons have been extremely watchable, tons of fun. I don't think we've talked since Cade Cunningham won All-Star. Have we talked since that happened? I mean, it's not a huge deal, but Cade Cunningham won Rising Stars MVP. So that's something because, you know, Evan Mobley's out there and Jalen Green's out there and Scotty Barnes and all these – Franz Wagner, all these other great rookies. So Cade held his own on All-Star weekend, which was awesome. And as you mentioned, Colin, Sneak Bay is just – the dude late in games and it, it it's it's really been fun to watch the Pistons lately. So shout Sneak out to the Bay is uh, he is just such a perfect player to play off Cade. And if they could find when there's a plenty of big guys in this draft, they need I truly believe they need to draft the big. I don't care who it is, Chet, Paolo, Jabari Smith, not really a big, but he's a bigger guy who can yeah. play in the wing and kind of create for himself. Yes. Um any of those guys. If you're able to get your hands on that, I really like off from an offensive standpoint to start that like nucleus. So yeah, and, and of all those guys you mentioned, I think I like Smith the most, Jabari Smith. Yeah, Smith's really good. I think he's gonna be the first bit in the draft, though. You know, he might be, but the Pistons might get it. So that that's kind of where we're at. Um, I, I agree with you, Collins. And also my last point is just to your point, Collins, Sadiq Bay has been so good playing off Cade. You know who else is and will continue to be is Marvin Bagley. So I think that 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 move is going to age pretty well. I think, and this summer you have a decision to make. You can just cut. Bait. I'm not that high on Bagley. I he's been good. My favorite Pistons. Yeah, but I, I just I see it. The third, like how many games does he play with the Pistons? I've probably watched three of them since he's been on the team, and that might be like almost the majority of the games he's played since he's joined the team, but. I, like, I see it with Badley. He does things, but, like, he's just not going to be, like, a core piece. Like, he could be a bench guy, and I think he could be a good one if he well, – Well, so that's fine, too, but I guess – okay, so, yes, Collins, he's only played four games with the Pistons, but his point totals in those games are 14, 16, 6, and 10. So, I mean, he's he's putting up numbers, I guess, for, for – and, and No, he's, I, he's I, 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 I hear too. what you're saying. I just – Anyone who thinks that's like a long-term answer, it's not. I truly – that's just not the case. Well, I think he could be a long-term piece, though. I mean, like, to your point, off the bench. Like a seventh man? I, that's yeah. all I see. Yeah, no. That, okay, that's, that's fine. That's I fine. That I'm not going to I'm not gonna kill you on that. But other than that, I mean – That's what he is right now, and I don't see him, you know, overtaking Olenek or, or uh, Grant for the majority of those minutes. I think it's mostly just – it is what it is. Plus, you know, we talked about how Marvin Bagley has a little bit of an injury problem and whatever. But, yes, there, no, no, I, mean, I agree. I, this summer is going to be really interesting based on the draft and the fact that I think they, they're they going to have to move Jeremy Grant. Like, I think that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. 
and I said that already like last year, but I just, I just find it hard to believe unless they are really committed to re-signing him, which I think would be a terrible idea just based on his age and where like maybe the Pistons window. I just, unless he wants to take like another three-year deal, which I three-year deal for like low money, I doubt that's going to be the case. So I'm interested to see what they do with him and Olenek because Olenek's good. I like Olenek. And Olenek can play in like meaningful basketball games. So that's another piece. But other than that, I got nothing else on the Pistons. It's been a good like month for the Pistons. It has. It's been a really good month. It's been a fun month. And I would encourage people to tune into this last stretch because the team's finally healthy. They're finally hitting on all cylinders. And these rookies are fun to watch. So that's Cade's that. awesome. Cade's a must watch. Cade is must see TV right now. All right. We can roll into the Red Wings and wrap up with Trifecta. Um, like I said, last week we talked, or whenever we were, our last episode was, we talked a lot about potential names that could end up getting moved at the deadline. Um, I think the last game we talked about might have been like the back-to-back against Philly that the Wings won both. Since then, they've lost 7-4 to the Wild. They beat the Rangers 3-2 in a shootout. Uh, lost to the Avs 5-2 at home. Then the 10-7 Maple Leafs game, which was, I didn't get to watch a second of that, but I mean, my God. And then you just beat the uh, Hurricanes in overtime. You play the Lightning tonight on the road. So I guess to back up a little bit, as far as the games are concerned, like the schedule right now at this point for the Red Wings, I mean, they're going to have to run the gauntlet here. And and I don't, if we want to have the conversation and keep the conversation open about playoffs, like that's, that's fine to entertain everyone. I'm just telling you it's not going to happen. And it's not coming from a place of like, Oh, like, you know, the, the, they just can't do it this year. They're not good enough. There are so many other teams in, that are ahead of them that are just better. I mean, in their own division, they're obviously not going to be a top three team. And Boston's that team in the wild card that you've been chasing with less points and more games played. Now Columbus is kind of stuck in there a bit. I, I will a, a bit. I will give you the benefit of the doubt that you are a better team than Columbus, but it's just not in the cards this year, which is fine. I think the biggest thing at this point now is you're just trying to get points where you can get them. I thought that the, you know, you, you lose the wild seven to four on, on the road. I mean, the wild, they're a really, really good team. They're having a really good year. That game got kind of out of hand because the wild just got hot and you had no answer. Um, the wings, the, the wings beating the Rangers in a shootout is awesome. The Rangers are a great team. It's not easy to play at Madison square garden. So, I mean, to take that one's great. And then, you know, you kind of show what you are. You lose to the Avs, they're a better team. You lose to the Leafs, they're a better team. Now, how you how you lose a, a hockey game by three goals after scoring seven yourself is a bit beyond me. But nonetheless, I mean, you, then you to, to follow that up with a win in overtime against the Hurricanes, who are at the time were the best team in the NHL. I, by Like as far as points are concerned, at least the best team in the conference. Um, so... I, I am really just looking for the wings to, to get some points where they can here. I mean, you look at their schedule after they play the lightning today, the Panthers, the wild, again, the flames, Oilers. I mean, you get a little bit of a break with the Canucks and the Kraken, but I mean, it doesn't get much easier. You see the lightning again, the penguins, the Rangers, again, the Bruins. So like the, the schedule is not necessarily setting up um, for them to have like some unreal run here at the end. And the question marks for this team obviously lie in what they're doing at the deadline. Um, there's really not much that has changed for me from the standpoint of this team's play on the ice. Like I could not, 
they couldn't ask for much more. They're like, they're in games. They're playing competitive hockey. They're the opponents they play are, are difficult, but most Siders um, stud. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll definitely touch on that too here. Cause I want to get into the roster a bit. I mean, you know, I, I just couldn't be happier. And like, you look at, you look at who's really carrying the load for this team and it's always about that top line. And I know as of late, you know, Bertuzzi has been moved a bit more down to that second line to get the, the suitor and uh, Fabry pairing going a bit more, which, which, you know, to, to Bertuzzi's credit, that line's been, been pretty solid as of late. And you have to think too, Jacob Vrana's coming back in the fold here any minute now he's, he's, he's in the morning skates with the team. Um, he's, he's in controlled contact practices. So once he comes back, he's playing in your top six automatically. So what that means for me is if, if you're going to throw him on line one right away and go Verona, Larkin, Raymond, great. If you want to move bird up and you're going to throw uh Verano opposite Fabry with Suter in the middle. Great. But those two lines for me, aren't changing. And, and if we want to talk about guys that are going to move, I've said it all year long. It's the middle six to bottom six is, is where you're going to want to look. And the, the sad reality is in the more and more that I'm, I'm thinking about it and watching this guy play Phillips Adina has had multiple chances now playing on that top line. And to me, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it right now. I really think that Steve Eiserman is making a push for him to get first line minutes to showcase Phillips Adina to other teams. Like I, I, I can truly believe that this team is just, is just done with it. And, and I wouldn't blame him. He's a restricted free agent after this year. So whatever team he's on, whether he's still at the wings, whether he gets traded elsewhere, they have that team control. They can, they can give him a qualifying offer. And if teams want to play the off the, the, the offer sheet game, great. You, at least you have some control, some control. You can get asked, you can get assets for him if you have to, um, if you're not going to resign him, but, I mean, holy shit. Like, I, I just – I don't know what else you need. The 10-7 game against uh, against Toronto, playing on the first line, zeros across the board, zero goals, <laughs> zero assists, zero points, as plus-minus was even. So you might as well not even put your equipment on that day. Playing on the first fucking line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, you can't you can't get your, your – and I think he had three shots. Three. So, like, I – it – and I guess I could, I would draw the comparison to like Killian Hayes almost. I mean, Philip Zadina is, I, I'm sorry, he's not going to be a top six player on this team because he's not a tremendous playmaker. His, his, his bread and butter is the goal scoring touch. I think he's got like 13 goals in two years. He's got seven goals in 52 games this year. So, it, it, it's not like he's setting guys up all over the ice. He's got 10 assists in 52 games this year, and he's a defensive liability. He's a minus 20. We, we've seen it. And, and that, that part of your game is not all that easy to develop. I'm sorry. It's a mentality thing. If you can't commit to playing the defensive game first and you're going to be a, a middle six player, then it's going to be tough for you to stick around in the league, especially on this Red Wings team. Steve Eiserman knows what he's going to build. He's, he's coming off of teams that have had your Andre Palats and your Yanni Gords uh, on your, in your middle six to, to be that anchor of the guys that can go out and dig pucks that can make plays happen, that aren't afraid to take hits that are defensively responsible. And you don't have that in Phillips Zadina. So I'm sorry. And the only way that you can justify it and, and, and move on from it is that it was a Ken Holland pick. 
and everyone blew their wad because Zadina was supposed to go third overall. He dropped all the way to you at six or seven or wherever you were picking. And as soon as you said Philip Zadina, Vancouver was sitting there zipping their pants back up because Quinn Hughes was sitting there and that's the guy you probably should have taken. So it happens, whatever. But while Philip Zadina is still 22, 23 years old, I just don't think he fits the mold at all of what Steve Eiserman's trying to build. He's supposed to be a goal scorer. He's like I said, I think he has 13 goals in like two years. So there's it's piss or get off the pot. Like he's not, Philip Zadina is not taking a spot away on the wing from Lucas Raymond. He's not taking a spot on the wing from Tyler Bertuzzi, not Robbie Fabry, who you just extended and certainly not for, from Jacob Verana. So if he's not playing in your top six and he doesn't have the skill set to play in your middle six, and he sure as hell is not a bottom six player because he doesn't have near the amount of sandpaper, grit, jam, and whatever you want to call it. He doesn't play like with jam. enough of that stuff to play on your fourth line. So what are we doing here? I, I could see, I think he's gone. And I don't know what the return value for him is going to be. D- can you get a first round pick? What do you Philip think Zadina? his offer sheet would be though, Ravs? Like, what do you think the, the Red Wings oh would have God. to pay him? If they just wanted to roll the dice another year on him, I would say less than two million dollars. Really? I really would. Even that much? That's a lot. I, I well, I mean, I think Michael Rasmussen makes like 1.6, 1.7. I mean, I Jesus. would I would put Phillips Adina right in that same range. He he's done absolutely he contributes nothing to your team defensively. And and that's okay, but you have to produce. And he just doesn't. And that's okay because maybe in a whatever changes scenery, even though the guy's been here for two or three years and he's a young guy. If he, if he's one of those guys that really needs to change then fine, but it's not going to happen here. He's supposed to be a goal scorer. He's not going to get top six minutes here. They've tried it. It doesn't work. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. It, it just hasn't clicked. I know he's young. So if they want to bring him back, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, the wings need to get rid of Phillips Adina, but I'm just saying, don't be surprised if it happens because they tried to showcase him on that top line to uh, against some teams that are looking to make some moves at the deadline to get some, you know, to get some depth on their team. So I, do I think that Phillips Adina is going to go over to a, uh, I don't know. I don't even know who would take them Carolina hurricanes or Colorado avalanche. And all of a sudden he scores 10 goals in 15 playoff games. Absolutely not. And if he has a if he has a, a great career somewhere else, that's fine. I'm just saying from what you've seen right now, the guy does not deserve to make a ton of money. I could see the Wings bringing him back on a one year prove it prove it deal, uh, but it's it's up to Steve Eiserman. If Steve Eiserman feels like, hey, we can get return on this guy that's going to make our team better, going to set us up better in the future, then I don't think he's uh, he's upset about or afraid of losing Phillips Adina at all. I really really don't. So. That's the only thing that as, as time has gone on, I just get more and more frustrated because it's, it sucks when you have to look at a guy that was drafted high and be like, wow, he's just not the guy. Like he's, he's not what you thought he was going to be. He hasn't produced. And the way the NHL works guys. And I've heard you say it with the NBA and, you know, some of the younger players that, that, that come in and, and, and make stuff happen early on. Like the league's only getting younger and you see these guys coming in at 18 years old. You see Lucas Raymond coming in and scoring, getting 43 points in 54 games with a minus three rating versus Phillips Zadina. You got 17 points in 52 games at minus 20. And I get that Lucas Raymond to, to compare Phillips Zadina to Lucas Raymond is not fair to Phillips Zadina, but my God, I mean, you were drafted like two picks away from him in a different draft. 
you guys are like, your guys are pretty, I mean, Phil, Phillips Adina is, is a solid three, four years older than Lucas Raymond at this point. So it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just letting you know right now. If I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it from, from anyone on Twitter of all, they gave up on the guy too soon. He's just, fuck that. No, I'm sorry. Because Michael Rasmussen's got the same amount of stats as you do, Phillips Adina. He's got one more goal than you do. And he is at least a big body that's that can, that can you know play on the PK and, and contribute on that from that standpoint. You don't, you're not a penalty killer. And when you're on the power play, you don't make a lot happen to the point where you've had to been be removed from the power play several times this year. So I don't know. I don't want to continue to beat the dead horse with that. Collins, you made a point earlier. Most cider should win the caller this year. I don't, I, been, I, I mean, every way I, I'm truthfully, I don't watch a ton of wins games. He is just noticeably like just the alpha dog on that bat set. Like he is the best defenseman and he's like playing 25 minutes a game, like immediately. And he's been able to handle it. Like he has that highlight play where he throws it off the pad the other night, like I think he's clearly him and Raymond, I think clearly have made the biggest impact on their team. And you can tell, I mean, Seagrass has awesome numbers. He's had a really nice year. Who's the other guy. I think who's technically leading the odds right now. I think Cider's leading the odds now. I would hope if it's not Cider, it's probably Zegras. I would say who's the other guy. Is there a guy in Colorado? Um, new hook, Alex new hook. I don't think that Alex new hook is getting like the attention. Maybe that it's these something guys I, are. I, there was someone else that I saw, but Tanner I, Janot, maybe, I don't know, but one thing. So like it's cider, like more. And I think in the beginning of the season, it was more Raymond love. I think at, as the season's gone on, it's been like, Oh, cider's like our cornerstone piece. And you can have multiple yeah, ones. Yeah. And Larkin's been awesome this year, like completely proved me wrong the responsibility he's taken with the captaincy and how good he's been this year it's the best he's been in his career he's gonna get a nice extension and we can talk about that in later weeks how much they're gonna have to pay him um but cider's that dude and it's just really nice it's for a casual like me it's really nice that i can just turn on the screen and i I can notice that guy that guy is just clearly on a different level than the majority of the league. Yeah. And it, it is awesome from the standpoint of like, he's not just good relative to your team. He's good relative to the league and as a rookie. And, and my whole thing with this is, I mean, most Mo cider is playing on a team that has had a terrible goal differential for the last handful of years. And to, to have an even plus minus rating, and you're usually playing on the top pair and you're playing that many minutes a night to, to be an, even plus minus rating in a team that's 500 to below 500 to have 35 points and 54 game. I'm sorry, 40 points in 54 games, 35 assists and five goals there. Like to me, I, I he's got 17 power play points too, guys. Like he's contributes everywhere. He's that good. And, and what a home run pick by Steve Eiserman. And again, there are so many things that have to go right for, players to have these, you know, to, for the career longevity and to, and to repeat the success. But I mean, he, he won defenseman of the year last year in the SHL playing as an, is an 18 year old, the 19 year old kid, however old he was there. I think he's 19 right now as we speak, but to have a defenseman like that, that just a clear number one and no disrespect at all to Lucas Raymond, because 43 points in 54 games for him uh, is, is remarkable in itself. 
But I mean, Mo Sider to, to have that many points, but, but, but just the fact that he's able to play against a lot of the team's top lines night in night out, and he's not afraid to establish a physical presence. You know, he saw it on the penalty kill. His, his size is, is tremendous for the position and it's just such a joy to watch. Like whenever he has the puck on his stick, like he's just, even if he's not moving at top speed, you just know he's, he's got a way to protect the puck. He always finds a way to make that next play. And granted, he's, he's still a rookie. And, you know, you, you see those glimpses of, of where that shows. But, I mean, just tremendous. He should win the Calder and, unless something crazy happens. And I don't even want to think about that. But, I mean, it just – he's – He's been great between him and Lucas Raymond. Like this is. What do you think jersey sales are better, Cider or Raymond's? Uh, You're at a lot of games. What do you see more of? I would say I probably see more. I would say I see more Raymond, but I would say that because I think that those a lot of those Raymond jerseys were bought like when he was drafted. Like I don't think like no one was buying most Cider jerseys when. Like, like once, once Lucas Raymond, like made the, I shouldn't say when he was drafted, that's stupid of me to say, but like, as soon as Lucas Raymond made the team out of camp, like people were buying Raymond jerseys. Like, okay, this is the guy that we're investing in because even though Mo Sider was coming over, no one expected Mo Sider to be this good. Granted, he had a great year last year in the SHL, obviously one defenseman of the year, but for him to translate that to the NHL level and be this good to where he's not only just like holding his own, but he's producing and he's a key part of this team. Like I, I, and I again, Mo, like, you know, to have the name Mo, I think it's great. The hair, like it just, it's all there. So he's got the complete, the complete package. So we like 53. Yes. Oh yeah. Cause that's like, I think dude, that's like Raymond. I, that's actually a good question. What jersey you get? I cider. I, I, my favorite player on the wings right now, but uh, 23 Raymond jerseys is clean. Dude, but Cider's like, that's a, that's a strong Jersey though. 53 for a defenseman, like Cronwell wore 55, which is a double numbers is a different. Who's story, another but. 53. I can't even think of one. I mean, Erickson was 52. Who else wears 53 around the league? Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Great call. Um, wow. Jeff Skinner. Is Jake Gensel? Jake Gensel might wear 59. He wears 59. 59. You're right. Yeah. I don't know, man, but the wings are a blast to watch. Um, Alex Nadelkovich, been lukewarm as of late. His goals against average is now up over three. Uh, Rob, my buddy Rob is like, dude, I got this take. I think Rice is better than Nadelkovich. <laughs> I, I mean, I might relax, I agree dude. with that. I would disagree. <laughs> disagree. They've been trying to showcase Grice a little bit too in some big games. I mean, his numbers don't look very good, but um, you know, as of as of late, especially. But I, I think Thomas Grice will be able to find a home. Not not for the price that you maybe wanted, but um, I, I can imagine that he's on the move too. I would say too, like Mark Stahl. I mean, you gotta give credit where credits due. Mark Stahl is a plus eleven rating right now. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the best on your team at plus 11 and, and and I'm correct in that as I'm scrolling through. So, I mean, for a team that's looking to add some defensive depth, you're not going to get anything from Mark Stahl up like offensively, which is fine, but um, it, that's at least nice to see. So maybe, maybe he'll find a nice home somewhere, but other than that, I mean, what's it like called? I said, Crabs. Did I tell you yes. that when I went to what red one scene this year, I was chirping Mark Stahl for having a tinted visor and the and lady in front of me the, has an, I, he, I didn't know that. So I was like, I just love how it's like, OB, Mark Stahl. 
the two tint <laughs> advisor guys. And I don't even think Ovi has a tint advisor anymore, but he used to back in the day. Yeah. Um, no, Mark Stahl has a, I think, believe he got hit in the eye with a puck. And I, yeah, like, can't I, really I did see not that know great. this. And an older Red Wings fan got kind of like in my face, <laughs> like an older lady. It was bad. That's kind of like the lady at the Tigers game when I was chirping Nick Castellanos when he played third base and I was sitting on the third base line and I was literally in his ear all game. And the lady turns around and tells me, she goes, hey, that's my guy. And I'm like, that's great. Well, your guy's fucking horrible at third base. He needs to find a different position. Okay, Joe Nathan. <laughs> See, they had she was she was one half of the together since like the 1953 jerseys or like whatever those jerseys are that those older couples wear. She was wearing one of those. She's like, that's my guy. I'm like, that's great. And go, your guy is a terrible defensively at third. You can go right back at her. I did. I did. I said, I said, that's great. You your guy's hammer? terrible at third base. No, she just like rolled her eyes. She's like, yeah. <laughs> you guys gonna hit her? No, I didn't hit her. Oh, he no, said, Are you hammered? Or were you hammered? Were you hammered? No, I wasn't. I was just so – I watched him make, like, two consecutive errors. I was so done with it. But I digress. Okay. Jamel Smith is gone, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Who cares? We talked about that last time. but No, I mean, just who cares? <laughs> okay. That's all I have for Wings Talk. They play the Lightning tonight. Gonna Just get points, guys. Get points where you can. Tough schedule. No one can blame you. You've overachieved. Good team. Good team, the Wings. They are. It, I mean – Cup by 2026. How do you not have juice? Stanley Cup by 2026. Okay, trifecta. Bring I us told home. I told you guys they're making the playoffs next year. Credit to me. They probably will. A while ago, I said that. Like years ago, I said they're making the playoffs in 2023. You did. I, I actually do. <laughs> I remember you saying that. Okay. Uh, trifecta. You guys kind of talked about this before we started uh, recording, but what'd you give up for Lent, if anything? Um, I think I already did something that I was. First of all, this year, actually, because when I mean, when we were in college, and I, I don't know how Rabs is like this, but it's a lot harder to do the, like, no meat thing on Fridays. Like, a lot harder. Yeah. So, I, like, this first year kind of out of that, I'm like, it's been, I don't know, it's only been, like, two days. This is always the toughest week, though, because you got Ash Wednesday, you can't have meat. Yeah, it's brutal. Bang, Friday bang. right after, you can't have meat. But uh, I try, I'm, I'm. I'm not like a big giver upper of Lent. I'm like, I'm just trying to be better. Like, stop swearing, become a better texter. Um, because I'm, <laughs> you guys know that I like am so bad grammatically texting. Um, maybe I should give that up. Just give it up. Just never texting, never yeah, text. I, yeah, I, I said that in one of my group chats. Just, I just like, I misspell things like a million times. Um, I just need to stop swearing. It's like it's part of everything I do. Okay, that's a good answer. I can't stop swearing. I me either. And what's still one of my buddies said what because I did my buddy was like, Hey, you want to come over and watch Michigan State game on uh Thursday? I have a couple beers. I'm like, eh, I'm just trying to like lay off the booze a little bit. He said, Are you giving off alcohol for Latin? And I was like, God no, that's a straw way too far. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, yes, that that's that a bridge that. too far. Rabs, did you give anything up? I did, and I need to preface this by saying, as I mentioned a bit earlier, I am going to Vegas at the end of April to see my good buddy T-Wolves. I haven't seen him in a while, friend of the pod. Um, so with that in mind, I am I tried to use Lent this year as a way to kind of like kickstart the whole like Vegas bod type deal. Oh, my God. So, so what did you give is, up, sweets? So I have given up desserts. 
I have given up fast food. I have given up alcohol and any sort of PEDs that are fall under the umbrella of alcohol. Not that so, I do any extracurriculars outside so of that. You're going to give up alcohol before you go to Vegas. The first night you're literally going to be on the floor, just done. You're well, not going to be any drinking. Here's, so here's the thing. I have made, I have made a couple caveats to, to the Lent. Number okay, one being, okay, okay. number one being, it was my mom's birthday yesterday on the third, and I allowed myself to have a slice of cake plus a sliver. I didn't have two slices; it was a slice plus a slip plus a sliver, and ice cream with both servings, and that was it for dessert. Like I bought, I bought my mom some sea salt, like caramel chocolates or whatever. Those are sitting around there staring at me in the face. My dad just went out and bought ice cream. That's like his thing. My dad, like he'll, he'll like bring home ice cream just because he like wants to eat it after dinner. So I'm looking at those dead that in the face. Rules. I'm, I'm staying off of those. So for the rest of, for the rest of Lent, I will not be eating any desserts, no candy, chocolate, cookies, ice cream, nothing. Except maybe I think I'm going to the Red Wings game on Thursday, which would be like my first game that I get to watch as a fan all year. I'm pretty sure like just like sit down and like not have to work. So in the event that I get, you know, we get a little hook up there for whatever reason, I might allow myself to, to splurge on some candy. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know yet. Candy. Well, they've got candy in the clubs. Who knows? Yeah, but you're not going to have a little bat when you're there. So my other caveats. Uh, as far as the alcohol goes, I am going to allow myself alcohol if I go to this Wings game, and I am going to allow it on St. Patrick's Day. And that is it. Other than that, there's no, like, my buddy tonight, we're supposed to go to the golf show in Novi. Um, he's like, we can you know grab a beer, walk around. I go, dude, nope, not doing it. I'll be having a water. So, um, Are you going that. to the Novi golf show? Huh? Are you going to the Novi golf show? I think I'm going tonight. Yeah, that's what I said. Are you going to get a couple – What's about working on a golf course? There's nothing better to say, Hey, I got your coupon at the Novi Golf Store, and they come in and it never works like <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah, I know. And it's like super <laughs> awkward. You're like, Dude, I don't know what to tell you. It's not scanning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm planning on going tonight, but um, and then yeah, no fast food is no fast food. Like, I I wasn't like a guy who eats fast food though a lot. No, I, I really, I really don't. I, I don't, but it's one of those things to where it's like, I, I want to make sure that I'm making the conscious effort. Like if I'm, if I'm coming back from somewhere late at night, I, I don't want to find myself in a spot where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go run to Taco Bell. Or I need, like, I, I just get home, make some food. So I'm hoping those things on top of my workout regimen that I am going to be changing up after this little amateur powerlifting meet. That me and my buddies are doing on a, a week from what? Sunday. Wait, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 bad job. Yes. Amateur powerlifting. Well, I say that because it's literally just like me and my one buddy. It's me and a bunch of people going to my friend's basement who has a like a bunch of lifting stuff in his basement in Ann Arbor. Wait, so it's just you guys having a competition against each other? Yeah, but there's like other people involved that I don't know. Like my buddy's friends from dental school are in it. So we're just how many guys? There's a lot. Like I it looked like the group chat was getting close to like eight to ten. Oh my god. Send me pictures. I will. I would just like to if I if if everything goes to plan with the squat, I think I'm gonna probably post it on the gram. Oh my kind god. Of, just to add that extra layer of like when people go check out my Instagram, like, oh, he's a lifter too. But I will say the powerlifting life, Collins. My body has never been so fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with my right elbow. I have bicep tendonitis in my left arm. 
There was a period of like two days a couple weeks ago where I couldn't even get out of bed because I couldn't walk. My knees hurt so bad. My back has been killing me. So after this March 13th powerlifting date, I am I'm cutting, the, cutting down the calories, cutting down the calories, hitting the abs. I'm hitting the elliptical, whatever. Actually, I, I, you would never catch me dead on an elliptical, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting in the cardio game. We're getting back to the bodybuilding basics. I'm talking five sets of arms, 12 reps, that kind of deal. Like I, the powerlifting game, it's, it's, it's been done wonders for me, but it's time to hang it up for a bit. I didn't so know you were doing that's that. What I, I find it life. very funny that you and your friends are just having like a competition in the basement. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I'll send you some videos. Hopefully, what, we'll what, what do you think the music's going to be playing? Are you going to have music going on? You have to, right? Yeah, I would like to, dude. I'm actually going to be honest with you guys. Like, you guys might think I'm really weird. I listen to some really like shit, like shit you wouldn't really expect when you're lifting. Like, I listen to like Maxine Nightingale when I'm lifting sometimes. I have no idea who that person is. So no um, idea, no clue. What's uh, what's the song you guys would know? Uh, uh, get right back to where we started from. The, the, Doesn't really do. When I work out, I literally only listen dude. to EDM stuff with like Kygo. Like I only listen to, like that. Stuff. Weird things get me hyped. I'm gonna play you the song that I that I'm planning on squatting to. Hang on. Hopefully, I, I hopefully I hit a PR. Can you hear this? Oh my god, yeah, that gets you going. Yes, I kind of like it. That sounds like Mario Kart. That's all we can play. And it's we'll all right. Yes, yes, the podcast will get shut down if we play anymore. Yeah, so that's yeah. It. okay. So, yeah. All right, it's gonna be 61 degrees tomorrow. Uh, mm. what is your I, okay? So, my full disclosure my family and I were planning on playing croquet, we're planning on having a little darty. Yep. I need what? What is your favorite like summer drink? Because here's the thing: it's gonna be 61 degrees. It's yeah, like a cocktail. It's gonna be like 61 degrees, but it's gonna feel like 75 because we've been dealing with winter for so long. So it's gonna be amazing. That is true. You know, like it's not gonna be super nice, but it will be for the given the context. So I, I honestly need- think sneaky. Other than the first like month of college, the best month of college is this little stretch when it gets one hundred percent. March it is just fantastic. And the first week where you can start going outside again and you like make excuses to go outside, you're like, I'm gonna go on my computer and act I don't know like if I attended a single class outside. in March. Ever. What? I don't know if I attended a single class in March ever. No, but like you just make the excuse, you're like, I'm gonna go look at some emails outside, even though you're not. And then like your other roommate comes <laughs> yeah. out, you're like, hey dude, let's just toss the football. You're like, yep. no, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but um Summer drink, I stay – shout out Peanut Barrel, Long Islands. I love Long Island iced teas. Oh, dude, the Peanut Barrel, Long Islands, that's like a – that's like an inside baseball. If you were really looking to have a time in East Lansing – You can only have two. I get yeah, off every time. Go to the Peanut Barrel, you get down to Long Islands, and you are cross-eyed walking into whatever bar it's, you're headed to now. It's, fan- it's the best, dude. I love the Long <laughs> yeah, Island. it's the best. When dude, it's, it, the problem with Long Island, I see there's such a variance with them. Like yeah. you can go somewhere and get a really bad Long Island because they're strong. If you don't make them right, they taste terrible. I might make a caveat if we can find a day to coordinate that we can go up to East Lansing and see Trent and hang out. If there's like a really nice weekend where the weather gets like awesome, I might make one more exception to the alcohol rule. Do it. East Do so, it. Okay, so Rab, do you have do you have something other than Long Island iced tea, or is that your your answer as well? Beer's well, the best, though. No, that's, that's true. Not my that's answer. 
That's not my answer. I do. I just like a nice cold beer, man. That's Same. it. It's That's so just good. a nice cold. Get the koozie going. The Ryan Collins family tailgate, the Collins family tailgate koozie. Throw that on there. Uh, vodka lems maybe it's gotta you gotta be by the pool or something that's oh. that's more of like a night drink though i feel like the vodka lem i it's just like it's a lot like you know what i mean it's just like you have Sugar. like two of those and you're like i i might be done like when you're all day drinking you need and long islands are definitely not like an all-day thing i don't know about you guys like i love seltzers and all that stuff but i'm kind of like over that now and i just like i would prefer a beer when i'm doing something yeah like but that. you you know what, Alan? I, I I think this might be the, the summer of the seltzer for me. I think I might get into them. Have you? What's it called? High noon's fantastic. They're awesome. They're yeah, the dope. They're just refreshing. Like they're they're refreshing in a way that like once as beer is getting warmer, you know, it's like yeah. But I think the high noons, especially not that we're they're gas, dude. They're yes, so good. But I it might be the summer of the seltzer. I don't know. Well, they're also better for you, but yeah. No, you feel better when you have them. Like the next day, definitely. Yeah, you're lighter, a little lighter on your feet. I will uh, I will put a pin in it, and I will send you guys some pictures tomorrow as to what is in my hand. Question number three, final question. Uh, I am on spring break now. Didn't go anywhere because I am broke. I'm also oh, going you're to- you're on spring break? Yes. I'm going to the Big Ten tournament, so that counts. But – um. What is the greatest spring break you ever went on? It could be from college. It could be from high school. It could be from when you were a kid. Is there one that sticks out in your mind? High school senior sim break. I went to Punta Cana. That was okay. fun. That's that's insane. Yeah. Who'd you go with? Was it we, literally was it like my, entire, my literally entire grade went. It was a time. Was Will there? He was there. Okay. Shout out to Will. Rabs, what was what was your goat spring break? I would say senior year of college, you went to Miami. Just you couldn't beat it. I the only thing I would change about that, and you know, I, I appreciate the girls in our group for trying to coordinate things and get it all together. We stayed in an Airbnb and there were two bathrooms for like eight people. And the, the dude, the girls, they make such a mess of just like you walk in their room, like the yeah, well, who three- care? Do you care? Dude, Collins, I am a neat freak. I need really. I didn't know that. Dude, I, I the the one thing that I will not skimp on, like money wise, is is my accommodations. Like I need sheets cleaned. I need ample space for my luggage. I need to be comfortable. I need the bathroom to be clean. I need to. I need it to be inviting, and I don't. I shouldn't be like feeling gross when I'm in the. So I mean. These girls, like you walk in their room, there was one giant bed, and I'll explain you the setup. There's one giant bed in the biggest room in the Airbnb, and let me let me even back up even further. The Airbnbs in Miami are literally built on top of bars. So, like, there's a bar that was down. I'm trying to think of the name of the bar that we were by. It was right next to Mangoes, but whatever bar we was downstairs, you got to like walk on the side of the bar. You walk in the door, you take this shitty elevator up to the top, you go into your room and I mean, no dishwasher. And of course the girls are coming back from the club or whatever, the bar, and they're making mozzarella sticks and pizza rolls and all this shit. And they're using all of the dishware. Then we got to clean it. No <laughs> dishwasher. Sounds we gotta, like a you problem. We got to clean it by hand. They go to the biggest room in the back. They got a giant bed. They got a sweet bathroom in there that, of course, no one else can use. 
So the rest of the like six dudes that are in there are using one small ass bathroom the entire time. It was gross. We ran out of toilet paper. People, there's just makeup. Every, it was a mess. So if I could go back and redo it, you got to get a hotel. Just pay the extra money, stay in a hotel. Even if you're sharing a, I shared a bed every single night in Miami. I was sharing a bed. Even if you're nice. sharing a bed, you got to have, come on. You got to have, you got to have the bathroom. You got to have the soaps getting changed out. You got to have fresh toilet paper. You Dude, have you were just, I didn't know this, Ravs. I, I wouldn't give one shit about any of that stuff. Dude, I, but everything else though, the food was unbelievable. The bottomless mimosas, it was expensive as fuck, but we had a great time. I didn't peg myself as a club guy. I went to the club two nights. I loved it. Other than the fact that you buy two beers, it's 36 bucks. Nick Cannon was at one of the bars that, or one of the clubs that we were at. It was sick. So other than that, I mean, Miami was a great time. I'd actually like to go back. I really would. It is just like, it's like being in a different country. It, it's, it's amazing. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Miami. It's, it's just it, the, literally there's music playing 24 seven. Like you can't, it's incredible. incredible. All right. Well, shout out to Miami. Uh, Fat Miami. Tuesday was the bar we were on top of. That's what it was. Fat, Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, that's, that's pretty relevant. Um, yeah. Wait, did you guys eat Poochki? That's my last, it's not even a question. It's just like, do you like Poochki? Not really. I love them. We didn't have them. No one got them. All right. Well, that's all I got. Thanks for coming. Is that it? I like poached cheese. I like poached cheese. Like I've good. never had one. I don't think I've ever had one. Oh, they're, they're one of those things that are always just donut. laying around, like in school or like, or wherever you are at like a Tuesday night. I would never go out of my way to buy one, but, but they're solid. Giant jelly-filled donut. Same thing. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter. We are also on Facebook. You can visit the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Spotify. You can like, subscribe, download the episode, whatever you got to do to take care of business. I will not tell you there are new episodes every week because who knows what's going to happen, but we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.